So this is Aunt Rebecca in uh, Oregon, and this is Elizabeth over in New York. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. Man, it is pouring here. Really? Oh, my gosh. We just had thunder. Oh. Which is April showers, right? April showers. This is April 3rd. Happy belated April Fool's Day to everyone. And um, I I call this the season of overwhelm. And I want to talk about overwhelm today because it's important to get over it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's only one way to get over it, and that's to just take a deep breath yep. and to know that everybody's in it that's in the Northern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. and that <clears throat> you do it one piece of gardening at a time, one foot of gardening weeds at a time. You can, mm-hmm. if you've got nothing planted there, put down some uh, mulch or some cardboard or some newspaper. If you've got something planted there, it's time to get out your gardening tools and go to town. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> provided, of course, that your um, your ground isn't frozen. And if it's frozen, <laughs> you don't have the weeds yet. Yes. It, it always surprised me. I mean, I, I don't know why, but it always surprised me. Um, I would I would get out there and I would have these great plans for what I was going to do with my seeds. And I would get out there and it, wherever I wanted to put my seeds was covered in weeds. Oh, God, that's so frustrating. And then you have to do this. You're so excited to get your, your little babies in the ground. And there's a, another project that you have to do first. Yeah, I hate and it, that. And it's 100 feet of it. It's not like it's two Ugh. feet. You know, because I don't do anything by halves because I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> so no, when you, everything whole, whole last. <laughs> yes. So when you get into that overwhelm season, take a breath and know that you're in good company. You're not alone, and it doesn't make you a bad gardener. It makes you someone that needs to learn how to weed better (laughs) more quickly, and also um, to use really good weeding tools, because I ruined my hands pulling things up by hand. Your weeding tools, I mean, I never knew about weeding tools before you, and the weird shapes and varieties and claw grabby things and hooky hooky doos and stabby stabs it's Huge. it's a whole world it's a whole world and also <laughs> at this time of the year you can use um something that looks like a screwdriver with a handle yeah i love and that the, one <clears throat> i do too and the handle part has a a lever to it a, a round lever that your your hand goes into well you can use that round lever because the the weeds are so small to mm-hmm. just scrape the ground. Yeah. And scraping the ground is a big honking deal because you won't be able to do that when the, when the roots get really in, uh, down in there. Mm-hmm. But right now when the, when the weeds are babies, you can scrape the ground and just, it's like you're wiping off your countertop. <laughs> it's really much, much easier. So, when you think, oh my gosh, I've got to pull every one of these by hand. I mean, I lost my, fi- my the use of my hands for a while because I was weeding so hard. Use your tools. Go get a, a circle uh, handheld hoe. It's a, <clears throat> it's a handle that you put in your hand and it's attached to a big old metal circle. Mm-hmm. And the circle has like um, ser- ser- a serrated edge, right? It can. It, it has can. teeth. It can have teeth or it doesn't have to, but it can, it has to have a sharp uh, edge to the circle. 
okay. so that you can just you can just um, go along and and uh, wipe those those little baby plants uh, those little baby weeds out lickety split. Mm. <clears throat> Whereas if you have to grab them, your hands are going to get really tired really fast. Yeah, and you can do five times as many weeds in. No time versus having to do it all with just your hands, pluck, 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 plucking. Uh, so go get a weeder. Go get, um, <clears throat> if you don't, if you can't afford a weeder, go inside and get your crappiest knife. <laughs> it, it can be your butter knife. It can be a, a dinner knife that your mother-in-law gave you that you hate. It can be whatever knife you've got. And <clears throat> use the sharp end to uh, to scrape those weeds off your off your uh, planting site. Mm, mm-hmm. Don't use just your fingers. <clears throat> now, no. there's also you know the the worst case scenario in weeds. The absolute worst is you have your weeds growing and you have your little seedlings of poppies and beautiful things that you want to keep. That takes forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you need to do it before you put the babies in. Yes. Or if you put the seedlings in, like the poppy seeds got spread in the fall and they're coming up in the midst of the weeds now. <clears throat> First of all, you need two or three things. <clears throat> You're going to need a warm jacket. You're going to need a <laughs> soft place to kneel. Mm-hmm. I use a bag of manure. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, I use that because it's really much softer and cheaper than a kneeler, which they some why is foam so danged expensive these days? I don't know. Well, they put it in a shape, you know, I mean, color it, they color it. That has to cost something. It's it's definitely not more than 10 cents. You know, it's it's definitely worth the whole 35. I know. So I use a dollar bag of manure. I, I situate it where I want it. It's soft. And then when I'm done with the weeding, oh, and I use sometimes, this is going to sound strange, but I'll use something that might look a little bit like an ice pick if you're playing with itty bitty little tiny seedlings mm. or a salad fork if you're getting a weed away from a poppy seed. Yeah. My you biggest recommendation, <clears throat> you tease it out. My biggest recommendation, because poppies don't like their roots to be um, disturbed at all. Mm-hmm. So if you want to save your poppy seeds, I wait until the um, weed seed is much easier to grab a hold of. Ah. It might be a week. Mm-hmm. But I wait. <clears throat> but that's careful. Cause that's You have to be careful with the timing on that, that's right? Because right? if you yes. wait too long, whoa. <clears throat> Yes, that's right. So you do have to be a little bit careful about that. And for those of you that um, want to start your seeds now, which, which frankly, go ahead, which normal people are doing, right? Normal sane people, as you said just before we started. The yeah. sane ones of us. The sane are, ones are starting yes. your seeds now. We're crazy. We started them two months ago. And now and now we're covered up with plants on every table, chair, and mm-hmm. yes, and floor mm-hmm. board. Yes. Yep. I transplanted my lettuces. Oh my God. I'm gonna start eating salad from them in another week or so. Ooh, that's but so exciting. They're all inside. Uh-huh. Yep. 
and I yeah. have some bachelor, I have some bachelor button seedlings that really are crying to get transplanted, and I found aphids on them the other day. Oh crap! I know. So we'll talk about aphids in a minute here too. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I'm I'm transplanting I'm transplanting a tray of seeds out tomorrow, and thinking, oh my god, where am I going to put this? <laughs> but you know, I've been. I've been um, hardening them off just indoors, you know, because they're they're in like a little warm enclosure that's very moist and and nice and uh, good nursery space for them. So I've just had them just on my dining room table um, in the open air for the last couple of days. So if they if I need to spread little pots of, um, I think I have some pansies and. Uh, some kale in there. So we're just going to have pansies and kale all throughout the house. That sounds beautiful. Right? And when you put them outside, make sure that the temperature... What's your temperature going to be like tomorrow, sweetheart? Uh Oh, well, I'm doing this all indoors right oh. now. They're not going oh. outside yet. I mean, the kale... The kale's probably not, <laughs> not going to go outdoors for another... Um, so in New York... I'm in zone 5B. 5B. And in New York, our um, estimated last day of frost is yeah. April 21st, just in case anyone but is ca- in this But region. kale and pansies don't mind the frost. They don't mind the frost. So they'll probably go out in like another two weeks, I'm thinking. But it's still, we're, we're getting into the 20s at night. I don't want to do that to them just yet. Especially since you. they've been pampered in 70 and 80 yes. degrees. But you could start harding them off a little bit on the back porch mm-hmm. during the day yep. and bring them back in at night. Yep. That's what hardening off is. You kind of you kind of let them go outside like you would a dog yeah. <laughs> play and then bring it back in at night. Yep. And you uncover them. I made the mistake the first year I ever started gardening. I had a, a full flat of seedlings. And the weather turned nice one day. And I brought the flat out with the dome, the plastic oh, no. dome. Baked. And they all fried. Ah. They all fried. <laughs> I almost did that with my spinach. Because uh, yeah. I had them on the top shelf. And I was zipping up, you know, the little enclosure that I have. So I was greenhousing effect. Green house affecting them yes and uh they were getting all like wilty and kind of drawn out and they're they're still a little um a little stringy in parts but after that i moved them down to the bottom and i opened up the ventilation and they're doing much better now good it's called being leggy yes they're leggy they're leggy i got leggy spinach i got leggy spinach too don't feel bad (laughs) it's still good eating so I wanted to talk to people about how to make your own seed mix because when you go to the store, a packet of seed a packet of seed mix is a lot of money. Yeah, and it's not a very big bag. Mm-hmm. And if you're a a major gardener that wants to start many many different flats, <clears throat> it's really easy. It takes an initial investment, and you have to have some place to put the rest of a. The bags once you finished because you're not not going to use it all up in one year. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So you go buy a bag of peat moss. Now that's the expensive part. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a little bag. I'm talking about two cubic feet. Okay, big old bag. A big old bag. It might cost you forty, fifty bucks. I don't know. I just bought peat moss. How much was it? I think it was around twenty. Okay. 
Yeah, I know it's not good. You shouldn't buy pea moss, but I mean, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And then you buy vermiculite, a, a big bag of vermiculite and mm-hmm. a big bag of perlite. Mm-hmm. And you get it, you're, you get your wheelbarrow out and you clean it out. You wash it out and wipe it out and you dry it off. And then you mix um, two thirds perlite mm. to one third halved of each of um, vermiculite and perlite. Did I just say that wrong? What? Two-thirds yeah. peat moss. I, your math is... Okay. Okay. Two-thirds <clears throat> peat moss. Two-thirds peat moss and one-sixth vermiculite and one-sixth perlite. Okay. Got it. Got it. So... Got it. So three times the peat moss. Twice the, tw- twice the peat moss to the vermiculite and perlite. Okay. You, do, you mix it up so that it looks like something you buy in the store. Yes. You want not so much perlite and vermiculite that you don't have the peat moss there to hold the seed. Yes, exactly. You want it to look like like it's speckled with the peat moss or with the vermiculite and the nicely speckled. Yes. Yes. And the other thing is then that once you get it out into the open, your peat moss is going to dry out eventually. Mm-hmm. And peat moss is harder than hell to keep to to get wet again. Mm. So when you mix it, water it. Water it like it's uh from your best watering can, your mm-hmm. sprinkling can. Or water it with a hose that's got a sprinkler attachment nozzle to it mm. so that and stir it up like you would cake batter. Yeah. Yeah, it does have have that weird texture, right? You have to keep it moist. Mhm. So let's pretend that you do a whole wheelbarrow full and you do three um, flats of seeds and then your husband calls and says, I'm taking you out to dinner. And so you run off and get dressed and go to dinner. And three days later, when you when you remember, you come back to it and the peat moss is all dried out because it's been in the sun or it's been someplace that's really, really dry. Mm-hmm. You have to start over on the watering part. Mix it again, make sure that it's wet because once you get it into a flat and it's too dry, the water will go down to the bottom and uh, stay there. Mm-hmm. And your seeds will be stuck in dry peat moss and they will never sprout. That makes sense. So you have to put in wet peat moss into your flats. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend, this year I did this and it's giving me a lot more time, which is good because this year it's a late spring here in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that you put some good potting soil in the bottom mm-hmm. and then half fill it with that and then half fill it with the seed mix after so that your plants aren't, because peat moss has no nutrients. It just is really a soft, soft um, mixture for babies to start rooting. They need something that they don't have to push against too hard. Yeah. And then, if, and then once they get a little foothold in there, then they need some nutrients. And so the nutrients come in at the bottom. When those roots start hitting the second half of that little tiny uh, flat pot, Boy, do they need that nutrient. And that will give you another two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've started feeding my seeds. So Good. the seedlings that I planted um, mid-February, yeah. I've started feeding them with, um, you know, a little diluted food in water. So they're they're getting some nutrients from that, and that's keeping them going. You know, so, so that's I, I completely good. understand that. I completely understand that. And that's what to do. Yeah. Another um another alternative for people who don't want to use peat moss, um, this is something that that I've started using and some of my friends have, have started using is coconut core, which yeah, is supposed is to be it's actually really nice. I like it. It has it has that same um that same dryness that peat yes. moss does and the same lightness and airiness. Um, so it's, it's also it, sustainable. It's much more sustainable. Yes. And, um, you know, I mean, I drink coconut water and coconut milk, so it, it makes sense in a perfect system. You have no waste and like, let's use that. If I, if I like the milk, let me use the, the husk for, for my plants. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Do, does it come all stringy? No. Nope. So they've chopped it up. Yeah, they <laughs> chop it up for you. It's coconut core, and core is spelled C-O-I-R. Okay. Might be cure. I, no, I'm not it's sure. Cor- it's, cor- it's core. It's core. Quar. But quar. Yeah, I've heard people pronounce it. Like royal. Fun. Yeah. Quar. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's sustainable and it's good. It's sustainable and it works. But you still are going to need something if you're going to keep those seeds indoors Mm -hmm. for any length of time in those flat, in those flats, put a little uh, potting soil down at the bottom for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So this seed mix business. So let's say you've spent, um, the last time I did this, I spent probably 60 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. On peat moss, vermiculite, and perlite. I got, I still have it. I'm 12 years in. Oh, wow. I still have half the bags. <laughs> so it's worth it then. It, it's truly, truly worth it. You can mix your own. I mean, some, when, um, I, I love delphiniums. And when mm-hmm. you can take a cutting of a delphinium off the, off the crown and try to root it. And it, it doesn't do well in soil. Mm-hmm. It does well in pure perlite. Huh. Well, if you have per, per, pure perlite sitting up on one of your shelves, guess what? That's no big deal. You don't have to run to the store and buy some. Yeah. It's also great when you when you see a house plant that's, you know, like this is this is one of my things needs to be repotted or yep. maybe its soil tends to get a little too damp and you just need to mix some perlite in there yeah and help help that moisture retention and, and absorption um you know like i i have the plants that are, are have the soggy bottoms and the plants that have the dry the dry husky soil it's it's yeah developing that um that balance is tough Soil is key to every single thing that grows. Soil and water. And then when you, let's pretend that you're, oh, the pretty rainbow. Let's pretend that you've got all this uh, uh, seed mix left over, that Mm -hmm. you overdid it, that your friends uh, planted up a whole bunch of flats and they're begging you to take some of their their, uh, baby plants. So you don't need the five more flats of soil. And you've got a whole half a wheelbarrow full. Put it in a plastic bag, 
seal it up as tightly as you can. Mm-hmm. You can use it next year. It's all yeah. ready to go. All you have to do is, is throw it back in that wheelbarrow and uh, moisten it again. Mm-hmm. And the expenditure, while it's hard at the beginning, is really, really nice in the in the 10 or 15 years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think about what you said all the time about how um, you put a $50 or you put a $2 plant in $50 Dollar worth of hole. soil. Yeah. 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 That is going to make the difference. That's that is that's where you put the money in the dirt, <laughs> in the dirt. And and when you start with baby seedlings, it really is the neonatal unit. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to be careful, not too much water, not too little water, not you know, too hot, not too cold. It's really neonatal time. Um, so for those of you just starting and you want a lot of seed mix, um, make sure that you um, think about uh, maybe make mixing your own. It's not hard. It's three no. things. Yeah. It's three things. It's not hard at all. If you can make a brownie mix, you can do this. Oh, yeah. brownie mix is way harder. <laughs> way, way hard. Plus you have to cook it. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, you get to eat it after. It's a little bit true. more appetizing. Well, you get to eat what you plant, but it's way it takes later. longer. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it does, it does. One of the things that we should talk about this time is cold frames because it's cold it's cold frame weather. Yes, yes. So tell me about cold frames. Cold frames, first of all, uh go online and look at what they are and see what kind of crappy little um <laughs> Um, leftovers you have in your garage or in your backyard that you, you have can a make window, this out of. right? Couple right. windows. You need a window or two. <clears throat> you can make them out of wood. You can <clears throat> dig half down and make them out of brick. Mm-hmm. The second half, you can make them out of whatever you need. <clears throat> Cold frames. They should be facing uh, south or west, mm-hmm. so that they get the biggest, hottest light of day. And then you stick, for example, your pansies, which can take a lot of cold weather. Mm-hmm. You stick your pansies in there now that are seeding up and you pot them up into four inch pots so that they're going to grow on. Mm-hmm. And you put them in your cold frame facing west. And every day, this is the hard part. You go out there and you make sure that the window is open. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they fry. Every day you go out there and you open up the window and you make sure that the window is open for the warmest part of the day. Mm -hmm. And they're happy little things. And then at night, you have to remember this part too. This is, this is important. At night when it starts to get really cold, when the sun goes down, you close her back up. Some people used to put before LEDs came in, I'm showing my age, a light bulb in there at night. Because the light bulb would heat it enough, a regular light bulb. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. A lamp that would heat it at night. Not a heat lamp, just a lamp, a regular lamp that would heat it enough to keep it from freezing. And that's all you needed. Um, It's more maintenance than just watching them grow in your dining room. But it also gets some of them out of your dining room and hardens them off some. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to harden them off from your dining room to your cold frame, don't do it just cold turkey. First, right. take them out of your dining room and put them outside on your back porch that faces a sunny south or western. Hottest thing. part of the day <laughs> for like Hottest what? What would you say for like an, an hour, two hours? Hottest part between uh, in the west here, it's between three and five. Got it. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the east, it might be between noon and three. Yeah. Yeah. I think like two and two and fi- two and five. Two, two and three. Two and five. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> let them make sure that they're watered. Make sure that they're safe from animals, and make sure that they won't fall off if the wind gets them. I mean, <clears throat> it's just like taking care of a baby. Yeah. <clears throat> And you leave them out there, which you don't do with a baby. <clears throat> you leave them out there. <laughs> you leave them out there alone uh, under the window. Hours, for three hours. <clears throat> and then as, as you're starting to think about getting dinner, in they come. Yep. And if it's too cold the next day, you don't put them out. You put them out on nice days. <clears throat> yeah. And hopefully you have four or five nice days in a row and then you can actually plant them. Yes. And you have... Big, strong, healthy, well-adjusted plants who have experienced the world. Yes. And I would, before I plant them, actually leave them out there overnight several nights and see how they fare. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? With their roots exposed? Well, like, you know, in in the pot. In In the pot. And maybe I'd... um, you know, uh, I had Haunt dig up a whole bunch of plants, which we'll go into in a little while. And we had this big pile of mulch in mm-hmm. our driveway. And I didn't want the plants exposed. Um, so I had him bury 10 or 15 pots in the mulch. That makes sense. Yeah. So <clears throat> for the first time, I don't know. I The weather would have to be way above freezing. Right. Right. Of course. That's what I would recommend. Okay. After, after it turns... Um, after it turns mild in the in like not under 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so your cold frames then are part of that um, thing. The, the, instead of having to pull them in and take them out and pull them in and take them out, you put them in the cold frame and you lift the window and you and you uh, <clears throat> make sure that they're watered well and you lift the window during the hot times and you close them in at night. Mm-hmm. So it gives you more room in your dining room table is what it is. A cold frame is a dining room table uh, user-friendly thing. Saver, yes. Saver. That's get, get my space back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's fine. It's all good. I love having the, the plants inside. Actually, speaking of inside plants. Yes. I picked my one and only lemon. You did? I did. Excellent. When and did you do that? it was delicious. <laughs> I did it. it so uh, I picked it on Friday and yeah. I made a lemon cake, yes. a lemon curd, uh, lemon icing, and I did candied lemon peel with it. Of course you did. I mean, a, a few other lemons may have been involved, but we don't need to talk about them. We don't need to talk about those. <laughs> We're talking about <clears throat> the lemon of your life. The lemon. It was delicious. You know, it's a Myers lemon. It's so yeah. interesting. When you grow it yourself, you have such a deeper appreciation for the specific flavors and just the energy that it took. Like I watched this lemon grow for an entire year. I felt like it was my child, like, you know, and then eating it. It was so interesting. I was comparing it to every other Myers lemon that I had had. Mm -hmm. And it had, uh, it actually had like more of a savory flavor than many of the Myers that I had. Like, I feel like it would have paired really, really well with rosemary for some Uh reason, like to do a a a lemon. Yeah. That's yeah, good. it just had like kind of this this depth. It was probably from you know being influenced by me. You know, <laughs> I'm sure it was. 
I'm sure it was. But the lemon cake and lemon icing and lemon curd was delicious, wasn't it? Oh, it was so good. It of was course so good. it was. <laughs> well, now your tree will probably start setting flowers. Yes. If, yes. if it hasn't already. She's <laughs> already back to blooming. So. Oh, that scent. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. That scent. I love that scent. Right. Yes. And the other the other lemon tree is blooming, too. And I actually because they're both inside. <laughs> so I took a little paintbrush and I had two open blooms and I, I went inside with the Good. one bloom and and then t- to the other bloom and then it to the other. I yeah. And went back and forth a couple of times <laughs> with them. You're playing you're playing God here. I know. I know. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. God with a paintbrush. There it is. Yep. Yep. So I, I acted as honeybee. I have a whole new appreciation <laughs> for the honeybees now. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm so glad you picked that lemon. I was going to tell you that it's, you know, they can rot right there on the vine. Yeah. Well, I kept I kept pulling it, you know, just ever so slightly and and there was resistance and then on Friday I pulled it and she just came right off. Oh, so, that's so perfect. Yeah. That's so perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad. Okay, good. That's really making me happy. Did you save the seeds? I did not save the seeds because you know, one is good. Yeah. Yeah, this uh the lemon tree that I got was um a uh, rooted part of another lemon tree. So I figured if I want another lemon tree, which honestly I don't right now, I can I can only handle the two at at the moment. I'm a mother yeah. of two lemon trees. Yeah. I'm not looking for a third. So oh, it's like having twins. It's yeah. huge. <laughs> exactly like it. <laughs> oh so God, so I I did not save the seeds. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So the next thing on my list is dealing with the overwhelm. Did I deal with it enough? Here's the thing. You want to walk around your garden and you want to look at everything that's up and everything that's blooming and everything that's got to be done. And I recommend that you take your notebook with you mm-hmm. and a good writing pencil and make all those lists and make all those notes and stuff. Yeah. And then decide. Decide which place you're going to work on and then don't look up from there. Mm-hmm. Don't look up from there that that day. Yeah. Or if you look up from there, you look up after you've uh, weeded out this and this and this that you've got on your list to do for today. Mm-hmm. And if you've decided that you're going to weed a 50 by 4 foot bed in one afternoon and you get to 10 feet and you're exhausted, go in, give yourself a nice cup of something wonderful, <clears throat> tea, coffee, whatever, <clears throat> And a cookie and tell yourself that you're not 20 anymore and you've got to start thinking much more realistically and that it's going to take you four days or maybe (laughs) six to do that 50 feet and that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that you do the walk around to see everything else only after as a reward Mm -hmm. for weeding out what you've done. Because I used to get so overwhelmed so quickly Mm. because I would walk around everywhere before I started getting to work. Oh my God. So you would just think I have to do this and this and this and this and all of the the thoughts and it's all buzzing in your head. And you know my my motto, live things first. Yeah. Well, they're all live. (laughs) It's like having quintuplets. Oh my gosh. So 
what I decided was that um, one day I went out and I went, I'm going to keep my head down and I'm going to weed out this little place right next to the door. So I can look out at my door and see this nice place and put in some pansies and and see that nice place and feel like I've gotten something accomplished. Yeah. So I did that. I did that. I didn't look around. I didn't even look up to the other side of the bed that was full of weeds. Mm -hmm. I just weeded what I needed to. I got my manure bag so that I was, my knees were on soft stuff. And I put my hands in there and I weeded. Mm -hmm. I also don't recommend that you weed past where you can stretch. Mm. Yes, pick it up and move because it's the small movements that create the and back problems. And if you problems. can't put your, um, if you get done weeding all the front stuff and you find that you've got primulas or some little something growing in there that you want to keep, you can't put your bag of manure there, that's okay. There are things that are made to give you um, access to the weeds further on in your in your bed that have little feet on them. Go look for little feet things. There's a hmm. there's a bench that you can sit on or you can turn upside down and it's still got a two two or three inch high foot on it that you can kneel it on it and then you have handles to lift yourself up. Hmm. The other thing is oh, that's cool. you don't want to be stepping in your soil too much. <clears throat> you want to keep no. yourself so no, no, no. one of the things that I thought about doing was <clears throat> making little step stone paths where I needed mm-hmm. to put my feet they would <clears throat> plan my steps plan they would steps. always be in the same place and then I could weed from those steps another yeah. thing that I've I've discovered and this might be for a little later on is instead of having one bag that you throw your weeds into that you try to find a place for in the middle of all your little seedlings that you're going to crush with the weeds that are going to go into the bag that anyway I also got a tarp and I would lay the tarp down underneath the, give me a second, the uh, bag of manure on the walkway. Mm -hmm. And I would, if I was a foot in, I could throw the weedlings to the tarp. If I was six Mm -hmm. feet in, which is a nice deep, um, yeah, it's a nice deep bed or yeah. four feet in. I could <clears throat> I could have a little basket that I could walk back and forth on my stepstones to the tarp. And then the tarp, mm-hmm. this is the neat thing about a tarp instead of just a wheelbarrow. Um, because later on, your weeds are going to get bigger and bigger. <clears throat> so the tarp then, you can just pull. You take the manure bag off of it and you spread the manure over whatever you've just weeded out so that you feed your garden. Yeah. Yep. And you take the the tarp by the end and pull it to wherever you want it. And you're not having to lift mm-hmm. every seed and every big thing that you've weeded out of there. You're pulling it. So that's a it's a good way to get rid of a lot of weeds all at once. Without having to go back and forth, back and forth, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> the key to overwhelm <laughs> is to do one section what? at a time. Yeah. Don't look up. Don't think, oh my God, I've got to do the mm-hmm. wisteria now. Oh my gosh, I should have done that. Just 
do this thing. That's what you do. If you've got extra energy, then you can prune wisteria. Then you can do this. Then you can do that. If you don't get to it, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so now is now is the time to be planning our gardens, right? Yes. And planning what goes where. And um, one one thing that I think I'm going to try in yes. uh, one of my new garden beds is um, putting in a worm bucket. So so this is a uh, a quick and easy... Good! Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a quick and easy way to bring the worms. Yes. Now, I yes. have tons of worms in my garden. They're real happy. Um, but this, so this might be great for people who don't have a lot of worms and want to attract them and feed them. Um, my understanding is that you, you stick a, a bucket in the ground. So a bucket and it, before you put it in the ground, you drill little holes all up and down it. Yep. Or all up and down it and in, in, and in the bottom. So you could even oh, just yeah. use a colander. You'd want to yeah. make sure. You know, like the metal, right, don't right, put right. like a lead colander in there if there is such a thing. But, you know, um, so you put a colander or a, a bucket with holes in it in the ground and you want a lid for it that as makes well. Sense. And then you put your you put your scraps and you uh -huh. top it with leaf mulch and the worms yeah. go in through the yeah. little holes. They eat and they then when castings. they leave, they they leave they leave all of That's their castings and apparently all of the all of the plants around it are yeah. triple the Ow. size the other ones right so it's you don't have to put manure in you are creating your your compost and it's already like going in at the level that your That's roots fabulous. are throughout the year right That's fabulous right and you know Every couple of weeks or once a week, you just drop your, your salad leftovers in the bucket, cover it back up, put the lid back on. There you go. And what I was thinking yeah. as you're talking about steps, why don't you use those those bucket lids as you your stepping stones you, throughout you your garden? You wanted right? something ugly and plastic in your, <laughs> in your garden. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. So you cover it. Paint. You cover it with, you know, I don't know, a, a, a paint or an yes. ornamental brick or you know yes. a, a that's slate a that's a something that's a great idea right it doesn't have to be a plastic lid it could yeah. be a slate stone oh, that you have idea. covering the bucket and then idea. it's also your stepping stone right yeah. because i'm all about aesthetics yeah. too i'm not gonna know. you know you know that's true and we also gotta the live bucket, here the plastic ones are gonna break <laughs> eventually but uh, metal ones, mm -hmm. even old yeah. metal ones, would be fine. Yeah. And also, you know what else worms adore? Yeah. Newspaper. So <clears throat> they yes. love newspaper. So if you don't have the right kind of scraps and it's time to feed the worms, feed mm -hmm. them some newspaper, some chopped up newspaper, cut up newspaper, shredded. Put it yeah. through your shredder. Mm-hmm. They, they don't even Absolutely. care what the newspaper says. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing you know i really i, know, I really value worms no for that. they don't they, they don't get caught up in the, the day the day-to-day -day news worms i love that yep yep i want to talk now about aphids <laughs> for a minute <clears throat> uh. 
Aphids mm-hmm. are born pregnant. I know. That's the first thing you Ew. need to know. So, <clears throat> and aphids... <clears throat> MTV went too far with I that. I don't know that story, and I think I'm really glad I don't. I'm going to be a worm on this and be neutral. <laughs> no, just because, like, okay, okay. It was okay. a bad joke. You Never can have mind. a bad joke. I know that all the MTV listeners out there are laughing really hard right now. Okay. But they're also squishy, and they're easily killable. You can kill them by just mm-hmm. um, squishing them against the... If it's, if the plant is a hard plant like a rose tip, you can squish them against that. Yep. I had one of my best gardening friends of the world used to go out with a little shallow dish of of uh, of soapy water, dawn soap, and she would <clears throat> lean her her tips of her where is it again? Lean her tips of her roses into the soapy water. She would lean her tips of her roses into the soapy water, and they would be covered by soapy water, and then all the aphids would die. <clears throat> There's oh, a much that's easier perfect. way, though. <clears throat> it doesn't. It deters. It doesn't kill them. <clears throat> Is that if they're mm-hmm. on um, roses, you can just put a gentle mm-hmm. jet of water against it. And spray them off and they go to the ground mm-hmm. and the next day they're back there, but you keep spraying them off. And they don't hurt anything. And half of them die. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I've got them on little baby, tiny seedlings. <clears throat> so I. <clears throat> what do you do? Because you can't you can't soap water that. No. That would yes. kill the seedlings, babies. wouldn't it? <clears throat> so I just try to squish them. <clears throat> I just I just take my little mm-hmm. fingers and pinch them, <clears throat> pinch them off, and yeah. um, they aphids suck. They get they have a little mouth that yes yes Perbiscus that sucks thing. into the yeah. into the um, plant. So if you see yellowing spots, if you see wrinkled, puckered spots, so you'll know that that's mm. aphids. Yeah, and it, an aphid can't bite you; it can't hurt you, but you can, but you can squish it to death. No, <laughs> yeah. you are bigger than the than the aphid. You are also. In there's control, something called the um, a lace wing. It's a little itty bitty mm-hmm. lace fly. Lace wing. <clears throat> it's a fly? little bitty, tiny yeah. little fly, t ninety, that loves to eat mm-hmm. aphids. So <clears throat> this is um, how, how nature does it. You go up to your roses mm-hmm. and it's always, always only on the buds, not on the ones that are uh, healthy and old from last year. It's on the new buds that are just coming up with the new, beautiful new rose buds. And, <clears throat> and they're, uh, you know, less than a pea size to a, a kumquat size. They're not very big, the buds. Yeah, and they're the covered with aphids. Not the aphids. The aphids can be white, brown, black, green. <clears throat> they're all they're all different colors. <clears throat> I want you to look before you squish, before you run away, before you go get your hose and jet it off. Look really closely, really closely. Mm. Get your magnifying glass out, just like Sherlock Holmes, and see if you see any aphids with wings. 
because the wings are the things that are the little uh, lace wing uh, flies that eat the aphids. Also, another thing that eats aphids oh. and relies on them big time are ladybug larvae. <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> interesting. Ladybug larvae <clears throat> don't look like ladybugs. And no. uh, I want all of you, I can't describe it because they don't look like a ladybug. They look like a black and red kind of weird little buggy thing. So you're going to have to go look it up online. Ladybug larva, L-A-R-V-A-I-E. I don't, I don't. Anyway. I, you're on your own with that. I don't look know. Baby ladybugs. <laughs> and you will see what they look like. That's another thing to look for because they rely on that food. Aphids are their baby food. Mm, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of little things that can help you with the aphids. Also, they don't, unless they have completely overtaken your entire rose bush or like a a new baby Mm -hmm. seedling, like I've got on one flat, they, they won't kill it. They'll just, well, they'll suck it dry to kill a baby seedling, but they won't kill the rose. So you can spray Mm -hmm. it off. You can oh, wait for nature to take its course. You can buy some ladybugs. There's a lot of different things. In England, they call a ladybug a ladybird. And there was a famous story about like Kew or some fancy, fancy place that had a great big um, greenhouse. Great big. You know, one of those gorgeous decorative ones that you, mm-hmm. you'd kill for. Uh, Full of it. roses. Yes. And one spring, yes. they had a terrible aphid outbreak and they called they 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 posted it on the national news this is why i love england so much the national news posted a call for ladybird bugs for this one greenhouse and people from all over england caught some ladybugs in their own garden and drove them to the site and saved they did oh don't you love that story oh my god and it saved I the roses. I love that. Yes. I just, I love that story. Oh. So, so. Uh, <laughs> they had right. their priorities that's, that's straight right there. On the national right news, they did yes. this. Can you see, can you see oh. Jake Tapper? That's the, that's the kind of national, that's <laughs> Me the too. kind of national news I want. Can you see I Jake want. Tapper or Wolf Blitzer <laughs> or, week, or, or any of those guys, <clears throat> Tucker right? Carlson calling for ladybugs to go to this one uh, greenhouse? I can't either. The news I want is, hey, folks, yeah. daffodils are coming yeah. up. <laughs> Get right. your seeds in. Last call. That's right. Um, so this is definitely a late spring for almost all of us in the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I planted way too early. <laughs> We're happier. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Too. I'm happy with it. So for yeah. those of you that are just starting out, just know that um, <clears throat> it will still take you six to eight weeks before you can plant them outside. For those of us that are hardening off the things mm-hmm. that love the cold, like lettuces and, and pansies and kale, um, <clears throat> you're going to have to bring them in and out, in and out, in and out, which is the price we pay for planting too mm-hmm. early. But there are things that need to be done now. There are chores that need to be done sort of soon. And that is pruning your roses, pruning wisteria. It's a little late for wisteria, but because it's a late spring, 
They're supposed to be done by the end of February, but that's still cold. But we're still getting a lot of snow and ice in a lot of regions in uh, <clears throat> northern America. You can still prune mm-hmm. your wisteria. Wisteria is pruned to back to two to four buds per uh, stalk, hmm. per, per little uh, shoot. And that will help it mm-hmm. bloom. Huh. And then those two to four, once they bloomed, they'll start putting out other shoots. And that's when you need to decide where your wisteria is going to go and how long it's going to be and how big it's going to be. Wisteria requires immense amount of, of uh, pruning and decision making. And it's okay. If you've got a wisteria that's yes. out of control, you can cut it back pretty hard. It's okay. It's okay. Hmm. And then feed it a bit. Pruning roses. <clears throat> Pruning roses requires um, almost a visual because we've got to talk about things like nodes. <clears throat> right. And the different kinds right. of roses. I have a lot of English roses here and they're not the same pruning as uh, a tea rose. There's tea mm-hmm. roses, there's shrub roses, there's English roses, there's climbing roses, there's uh, a couple of other kinds, don't ask me what. And they all require certain things that are the same and certain things that are different. <clears throat> Let's start with the mm-hmm. most basic. In America, most people like to buy a tea rose. That's a regular upright rose that doesn't climb too, too high, that uh, <clears throat> blooms more than once because they're hybridized. The early roses only bloomed once. Oh, we love multiple blooms. That's what we want. What you need to do is you bloom them in the shape of an open vase. Oh, yes. Yes. So you cut them to be as open as possible, right? So if you have like like a, a branch that's crisscrossing or, or cutting across a, another thicker branch. Yes. That's the one yes. that goes. So crossing because right? they have thorns and they'll rub each other and then bugs get into the rubbed places and then they get sick. That's why you do that. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So crossing, dead, anything that's dead, you take off. Of course, yes. Pencil thin, weak, something that's just too weak and it's just Mm -hmm. not going to hold a bud. Take it off. Mm -hmm. And finally, then you do it for shape. So the first thing you need to decide is how tall you want your rose and how tall it's gotten. So let's pretend that you've just put your T-rose in last year. And so it grew Mm. to four feet. Very nice. Good job. Well fed, well watered. Yep. Found the right spot. And um, the frosts are over. The the hard snow, the hard frosts are over. You don't want to cut them until your hard frosts are kind of giving up the ghost because you don't want it to freeze back. Once Mm -hmm. you've cut it, you don't want it to freeze more so that you have to cut it again. And make it too short. Mm-hmm. So this year, let's say you want it higher than four feet. You know it's capable mm-hmm. of growing at least four feet in one season. Maybe three feet in one season. <clears throat> so you cut it back to two feet. But you don't mm-hmm. cut it. Okay, how do I say this? So each stem has a branch that'll go out from it. And where that branch goes out is called a node. It has a little demarcation place. Mm -hmm. And if you're really smart, you look really hard where that node is, and it will tell you which way. If you cut that node just above the node, 
If you cut it just above the node, it will tell you which way the new branch will come out. You always want them coming out to the outside, not the inside. You also cut the stem in a slant so the water runs off it. It doesn't collect and go down and make the rose sick. You also cut it with clean Clorox watered pruning shears. Mm -hmm. Yes. Always after every single cut, especially going from rose to rose, you clean your shears every single time. You clean your shears if you cut off a dead branch because you don't know what sickness was there. Mm -hmm. You look at the branch and you see if there's black on the inside of the stem. If there's black on the inside of the stem, then you know that you need to keep cutting because Mm -hmm. black means that it's got disease. So you keep cutting it Mm -hmm. down to where there's no more black. But between cuts, because you've cut past a black thing, you've got to clean that stem. You've got to clean that cutter. Otherwise, you're spreading the black right on down. It's like um, in the uh, 1300s when there was a plague, they all lined up in a big park for saltpeter. And somebody gave them saltpeter with the same spoon. Saltpeter was good, but the same spoon, they all licked off the same spoon. Yeah, you don't want to typhoid no. marry your roses. So that, don't do that. That's Clean, why you have to time your, your time with your roses. You can't do them on the fly. You can't do them when you're in a rush. You can't do okay, okay. I've got to go out to this restaurant. I've got to go take a shower, and I've got to clean all this. And I've got to go do this, and I've got to feed the dogs. <clears throat> but I, I'll just cut no, this no, four no. roses first. You no, don't want to do that. No, you cut your roses when you are calm, when you have time to look and see what you're doing. And it's okay to take several cuts that aren't very courageous and Mm -hmm. then take a step back and go, okay, is that what I want? Is that, what's that? Okay, now that looks like it's going to be sort of uneven because that's really too short and that's really too tall. Don't be afraid of cutting it back hard. That's what they call it, a hard prune. A hard prune means, you know, mm-hmm. a good foot or more off the stem. Don't be frightened of that. Roses are designed mm-hmm. to do that. Now, I'm not talking about near the core or the base of it, where oftentimes roses have been, um, oh, what's the word I want? Grafted. Roses have been grafted to yeah. a rose that will grow really quickly in the root system, and then they graft that onto a rose that's beautiful that you want, like a peace rose or something beautiful, beautiful rose. If you cut it too far back, you're going to get the the root rose, which is usually Professor Huey, which is a red rose. It's small. Mm -hmm. You'll know. It's just not going to be your beautiful rose. Take a step back. Take a look at what you want. Do you want it higher in the back so that you've got higher roses in the back and shorter in the front? Good. You can do that. Is it a rose that's going to be um, like in um, in the center of uh, a bed where you walk around it? So you want it to be uh, higher in the center and and shorter all the way around? Great. Pick which one of the stems is going to be the center stem for you and leave it a little bit higher. Usually, for each cut you make, 
there's not just one stem that will come out, but several. Mm-hmm. So you may have to double back in a three or four or five weeks and see that there's two or three new stems that are way at the base that are crossing each other that are in the crown place that are going to just be a mess. And you can just take those out real quickly. You are, you are the okay. master of the yeah. design of your rose. Yeah. Now that's a tea rose. An English rose, they mm-hmm. want the thicket. You take out the diseased, you take out, um, not the crossed, the diseased and the dead. That, <clears throat> yeah. And you, you let, let it, it cross, you let it you cross, let it get thick. right? You, then you decide, you can almost do it with a, a chainsaw. You decide which height <laughs> you want it. You know that yeah. it'll grow two, three feet per season. So you take it down to two feet because you want it five feet tall. The same yeah. with knockout roses. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, <clears throat> your knockout roses are fabulous. And they are. They're, they're bushes. They're hedges. You want. you want this bush covered with roses at all times. And a knockout rose is easy to do that. Also, mm-hmm. they're not so... The hybridized roses may not smell as good as your first ones, although some have been bred for fragrance. But some of them, some of them have been bred to just keep producing rose after rose after rose. And if you learn how to deadhead them well, oh my gosh, you're going to have such a show. But they're also bred for not getting certain yeah. diseases like black spot and um, mm. <clears throat> uh, rot and all kinds of things. We'll talk about rose diseases another time when in June and July. <laughs> and finally, good. the climbing rose. Sounds and that's good. just the last one I'm going to get to. The climbing rose. This time of year, you take off things that are old, diseased, dead, <clears throat> and then where you don't want it to go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you want the rose really tall, I take off very little. And then I feed that yeah. plant so much because I want it to just keep climbing. I feed it with yep. rose food. Yep. This year, I've uh, I've put a lot of bananas and banana peels that were old into the blender and frozen them. And I'm going to get Ooh. them out, put them in a bucket with some water, and mix it up, and pour it on those roses. Oh, they'll love that. What a I treat know. I'm going to have what every monkey in the neighborhood coming after those roses. <laughs> anyway and i'm gonna put some epsom salt on them as well as rose food huh okay how much epsom salt do you put on there i put a handful per foot of um rose Mm -hmm. and i don't put it all in one place just scattered around no way and epsom salt but it's got full of potassium Which is the same no. thing as the um, as the oh. banana peel, but it really, really works. And what else was I going to say? There was some hmm. oh garlic. So for those of you just getting your roses going, yes. this is a really good aphid thing. <clears throat> Plant some garlic. Go to the store, buy some garlic. Buy a head of garlic. If you have four roses, a head will do you. Separate mm-hmm. the little cloves like you're going to go eat them. Only don't depaper them and don't smush them. So you've got the paper on your little clove. <clears throat> you put them in the ground around your roses so that, but the, remember, they're going to grow tall. So put them around the roses so the rose, will, it won't conflict with the growing rose. It won't get entangled in the bushes. So maybe a foot and a half, two feet out. Mm-hmm. 
put the aphid, uh, put the uh, garlic in the ground about, bulbs usually like to be in the ground as deep as they are. So if a garlic mm-hmm. clove is, say, an inch deep, put it an inch deep. If it's an inch tall. If it's a little tiny garlic, put it less. If it's a bigger one, put it more. So you put it in the ground, root side down, water it just like you water your uh, roses or God waters them this time of year, and let them grow. And the garlic somehow cancels the aphids. The aphids don't like the smell of the garlic. That makes sense. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good companion planting. And less work and zero chemicals and you don't have to go squishing and painting soap. Can buy a head of garlic for 99 cents. And so make sure that they're a a good clove. Make sure that they're not rotten because they'll just rot in the ground. Mm -hmm. They will not, you know, you can cut out the rot if it's a little tiny place and see if it'll grow. I've done that with all kinds of things. Tulips and... And then in in a couple months or in a year, you have garlic. You also have a beautiful, tall, allium-like flower, which is fun. Yes. Which is fun. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. (sighs) I know. Well, what are you having for dinner? Oh. What? Guess what? Before we get to that... (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be our 10,000 downloads. 10,000 people. We love you How all cool. so much. We wish you all right? happy gardening with no aphids. <laughs> easy weeds. <clears throat> easy, mm-hmm. easy, easy weeds this year. And we want to see pictures. We want to see, hear from you. We want to know what you're, what you're going through. We want to yeah. know if there's trouble that we can help you with, like I know what I'm doing. Most of the time, <clears throat> I just kind of guess. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We we want to see your garden. Yes. We want to hear from you. Yes. Write us, send us pictures, yes. ask us questions, whatever. We're yes. all figuring the season and out together. In South America that's winding down your things. I'm jealous. I wish I had I wish I had the ability to move there so that I could rest again. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. We hope you're doing wonderful and have a great day and my husband will get this published in the next few days so it won't be long before you hear this yes yes exactly thank you uncle hot (laughs) so um i'm gonna have we made brisket last night it was so easy i couldn't stand it i put it in a, a yum 325 oven with some um barbecue sauce that i loved for three and a half hours and we ate it it was delicious Tonight we're having leftover oh. brisket on sandwiches. I know. <clears throat> Love it. What are you yes. having? What did you have? Uh, we made uh, one of Forrest's favorite sandwiches, which is a grilled uh, grilled cheddar, turkey, and apple with honey mustard. Uh, it is so good. It's so yummy. It's crisp. It's sweet. It's savory. I can uh, imagine. He was so excited. <laughs> it was so like excited avocado? that we were having avocado it. Would go well yeah. on that. It <clears throat> would go well on that. Yeah, yeah. He's not a huge fan. Um, and also, they're not super local to us, and so we try we try to stay as local as we can. I understand um, that, <clears throat> but. I totally yeah. understand that. Yeah. Yes, you have to move to Mexico to to eat that much um, 
Yeah. <clears throat> right. I would love. One of the yes. things that I've yes. discovered is that I like <laughs> to dress up a sal- uh, some lettuce, just lettuce, nice loose leaf lettuce with vinaigrette <clears throat> and then put it on my sandwich. I love that. Oh, yes. Eat it right along yes. with the chicken and the mayo and the whatever onion that I like. Uh, you know, right? it's delicious that way. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, I just love, um, yeah. yeah, a well-dressed salad, too. And then, like, yeah. put, put the good stuff in it. I want, why can't I right? eat my salad on bread? It, right. Bread is delicious. And in Italy, they put the bread in the salad, <laughs> panzanella. <clears throat> yeah, so you could do that too. Yeah. They knew in what Missouri, they, they knew put what bacon they were in doing. everything so yeah. that you can put bacon. I know, but you don't do bacon. That's right. Well, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. <clears throat> All right. I love well, you whole bunches. I more. love you whole bunches. And we'll talk again soon. Mwah. Okay. Bye, sweetheart. Bye, everybody. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Facebook at Gardening Related, on TikTok at Gardening Related, and on Instagram at Gardening.Related. Feel free to shoot us an email or ask any questions. And also, I think we're on Facebook. Did you say that already? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, we, and we've got a website. Yep. We Gardening have a website. Ro- what is it? Gardeningrelated.com. Check us out. <clears throat> okay, good. And give us some love. Thank you.